Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Today's show is sparked by this statement. Others will attempt to get you to lower your standards, to compromise performance and lower your expectations because that's where you'll find the crowd. Let's talk about how we measure success. There's all kinds of quotes and Lisa and I both are kind of fans of, of quotes and we've had some conversations offline that we probably need to bring online to you guys. Others will attempt to get you to lower your standards to compromise performance and lower your expectations because that's where you'll find the crowd. I don't disagree. With, yeah, I don't disagree with that, but there's a problem with that for me. It, it certainly, I believe is where you find the crowd. The problem is the crowd won't admit it because largely we're fake driven. I was telling Lisa before we hit record, I got fascinated some years ago with the peer advantage. The peer advantage is your ability to get in a room of people that are mostly just like you at, at something. Let, let's, let's take HR directors. We are, by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll make a pitch. Yeah. We are, we are attempting to launch a pilot program of a, a peer group of city HR directors in the state of Texas or number ones. If you're not a director. Yeah. Yeah. Name, and, and title. the title, yeah, the titles, the title isn't important, the, but, but being the decision, the role. yeah, being in that role is important. And the reason that's important is this whole peer to peer able to look each other in the eye, knowing that this person, uh, on whether on the other side of the screen or whether across the table, they get it. They understand that they're, they're fighting the same fight I'm fighting. That's right. Because we are in a day and age where fronting masking up, uh, is a big deal. It's just a huge deal. So yeah, share, share the insights of, of whoever mentioned this stuff to you, Lisa, that kind of got you got your wheels turning about some of this stuff. I don't have the uh, lockdown memory that Randy has, so I'm sure my yeah, dates and times are going to be off. <laughs> but I remember I was we were talking offline and we decided to bring it online uh, for you all. Is I was at a conference, a TMHRA conference, a year ago. Not We just recently had one in 2023, but this was from 2022. And I remember there was a big focus on mental health. We know the crisis that exists in the nation. Uh, many of you may be experiencing mental health you know, anxiety or depression or things that are so prevalent in today's times for so many that are suffering from some kind of battle with a, a mental health issue. And at this conference, I thought it was fascinating. And I, I again, I'm going to get the dates wrong, I'm sure. But this presenter um, was with a, a group called Circle Wellness. He did an amazing job. And um, he was talking about the kind of start of this crisis and where it became really evident really fast. And I was, I was totally locked in. I'm like, okay, there's a date, there's a date on this. <laughs> and he said, you know, do you know when the spike 
in mental health started. And of course, we're all just sitting there quiet. And he flips the page and he said, it was 2000, I think it was 2005. My date might be wrong. And he said, it's the like button on Facebook when you can do the like button or the thumbs up or thumbs down. And immediately people are posting items. Yes, posting items and they get likes or they get comments and thumbs down and this is stupid and this, you know, this is blah, 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 blah that developed over time. And all of a sudden there's thousands and thousands of instant gratification or dismissal of something that you posted. Uh, and what was so interesting is the mental health crisis, it affected this group like the 18 to 30 somethings were in the biggest mental health crisis and the biggest affected group because that's the ones that grew up with this when this like button happened. And they, I always call it the highlight reel. You, you know, you post these great moments and then you, you expect life to be like that because that's all you see and I, I'll relate it to motherhood. You have a baby and you see everybody posting all these amazing pictures, happy pictures, perfect outfits, perfect smiles. The one month, the two month, the three month, what you don't see is the crisis in the background where Don's you know, trying to calm his wife who's nursing that has had zero sleep in 24 hours and I'm tired and I've got a screaming child and a toddler that needs me and somebody just threw up and you know, you're, you're literally sobbing of why did I do this to myself, you know, <laughs> but it's the, you don't see those moments on Facebook. You oh, don't well, see those moments on Instagram. <laughs> you see this beautiful life that is easy and perfect and couples are happy and there's no marriage crisis. That's what this group that they were evaluating. And what was interesting to me, because I've got kids that are, that are adults now and I can see the impact myself and I have the impact I can see at work because I'm in HR and dealing with people in crisis that fit that kind of age band. But what was fascinating, I told Randy, he said, now the least impacted are the 50 to like 65 year olds. And he goes, why? And, and Randy goes, I know why, because we don't care. <laughs> you know, we were talking and laughing, but it's true. I don't care if I get likes on Facebook. I'm trying to connect with my family and posting pictures. Uh, I might be posting on LinkedIn, Randy and I, and our podcast. I don't care if people like it or don't like it. They can choose to watch it. They can choose not to watch it if it's not their thing. But it doesn't matter to me, and it doesn't define who I am. Yeah, it's not that you don't want it. It's just where are you getting your validation? And That's it's not right. lost on me that, that we, have, uh, we have more than a generation. We've got multiple generations. That's right. Uh, this social affirmation and acceptance is valid. It's it, it's validation. Now we can laugh about it. We could joke about it. We could poke holes in it. And I, I'm not trying to do any of that. No. We're just having a conversation here. It's just a sad reality that, that people are validated by that. And that's why I think that statement that I began the show with is, is not only truthful, but worth pondering. Others will attempt to get you to lower your standards, to compromise performance and lower your expectations, because that's where you'll find the crowd. Success is not, is not for the masses. It's just not. And it never has been. And your success is not necessarily their success. And your failure is not their failure. 
We're each on an independent journey. And I hope each of us has a goal to better ourselves. And I hope it's in a way that we can progress healthy, you know, and um, it, it's just, it's just this hard reality. It is so difficult because people want that instant gratification. And it's interesting to me um, they're not, I shouldn't say instant, but they want gratification and acceptance. Like you said, um, affirmation, but so much of it is from people that have no idea who you are. I, you know, on my Facebook, I don't know if you'd even do Facebook, Randy, I'm limited. I'm not a technology guru, but I only have on Facebook. I do, but it's only people that I really know. That's right. I do not accept anybody that is a friend's friend. Uh, I mean, it's a, I probably have 25 people on Facebook and I don't care to have any more. It's only the people I know that I'm interested in what they're doing that I'm not, you know, maybe they live in Illinois or maybe they live. So I don't get to see them or talk to them every day. Right. But I know so many people that just accept any and everybody. And I call it the haters. And then there's haters on there that will just criticize and get value somehow for criticizing the moments of others. And I don't understand it, but it's out there and I've seen it and it's, it's hurtful and hateful. Um, and so, um, it's just so interesting that this, um, this can affect the health, the mental health of so many, and it gives a false indicator of what life looks like because life is really hard. Uh, now it's really great in moments but it is a journey that is hard from start to finish uh, in those moments. Well, so, the sad reality is when we're getting when we're getting we're feeling validated because we've got we've got some positive feedback from complete strangers right. who not only don't know us but they don't even know our context. Right. That just saddens me. I mean, it saddens me that people that people are pressured whether it's through social media or not. And I'm certainly not anti-social media. I'm not an anti-technology guy. I'm an old guy, but I love it all. Mm -hmm. I love it all. And there's great, 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 great things about it. Yes. There's some negative things about it, but we could say that about a whole lot of things for me, the barometer is, and and that affects you how. So if, if people try to judge, well, why, why are you doing that? Or why did you, what are you doing buying a brand new car? You should buy a two year old used car. And my decision to buy one or the other affects you. How I don't understand that. I just don't, I don't get how now, if you're buying the car for me, great. I'll give you a vote. I'll even let you pick, but until you're doing that, you don't get a say, sorry. You know, if it's my choice, it's my choice. And you see people do it all the time. And for me, that's kind of the elephant in the room about all this is there's two for me. One is the belief that growth or success hinges on somebody else's failure. It's that age old thing that you've probably heard. There's two ways to build the tallest building in, in in a city. You can either build the tallest building or you can burn everybody else's down. And so much of the world today is going that latter route. Right. Well, let's burn everybody else's down. Yeah. That's not the position that Lisa and I take in this podcast. Let's build as tall a building as we can build. If it's the tallest building in town, great. If it's not, who cares? It's still tall. 
Yeah. I, I mean, we, we've still succeeded. Let, let's grow as much as we can grow because other people's growth does that doesn't diminish ours in any way. It just doesn't. That's, that, right. that's a false notion that in order for me to succeed, and I'm a kid who grew up in the zero sum world of the U.S. versus USSR. It was a zero sum game. Zero sum game simply means I win, you lose. In order for me to win, you necessarily must lose. That is not the way the world works. It just doesn't. I'm not saying some things aren't competitive. Some teams lose. Some people lose. I freely acknowledge that. But overall, my success largely doesn't have anything to do with you. It has everything to do with me and what I'm what I'm willing to devote to it. So there's that there's that building kind of a notion. Right. And then there's the there's just the the personal growth and the personal responsibility. Like taking taking responsibility for my own outcomes and what I hate most, and I come up against this pretty regularly, is the notion that if only for that circumstance or this person or that boss or this, there's something to blame. Yeah. Yeah. There's somebody else I can blame, and therefore I can shed the responsibility for my own growth, my own improvement, and it's their fault. It's not my fault. And I hate both of those things because they're so damaging to us as, as humans. And as a result, they're damaging to everybody in our wake. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's trying like another way. It's trying to be somebody. It's trying to live somebody else's life or meet the expectations they have that I need to be there also and not an independent, um, assessment of where you need to be right now does that make sense it's like the it's the whole theory to me of the the joneses you know you're trying to be the joneses and listen the bravest work the bravest work any of us will do is to look in the mirror that's right i have said it before i've told lisa when people want to pin me down and say okay we'll describe describe this coaching thing i mean what does this look like and some years ago, I came up with what I thought was the best, you know, kind of hyperbole to, to make it connect with people. And I started telling people, I help people paint themselves into a corner. And once in the corner, I give them a mirror and then I help them look into the mirror. And what I have found is that until we are willing to paint ourselves into the corner, the corner representing that place where we can't go backwards anymore. We've got to accept responsibility for our own life and our own outcomes. That's when we're willing to take a look and we got to take a real hard look inward. I don't paint people into a corner because that won't work, but the people that are willing to go into the corner, I'm willing to help you get there and getting there is where all the growth happens, but it's hard. It is hard and it is painful and it is not fun. What's fun is coming to terms with it and realizing how powerful you are to change some things that you heretofore may not have thought you could change because maybe you did think that you were a victim of the circumstance and maybe you did, you did have all the pressure to compromise your expectations and to lower, 
to lower your performance and compromise all these things because that's where the herd is. And there's no question that is where the herd is. And I'm going to tell you my, my thesis is the herd is there because it's easy to be there. It is hard to separate yourself from that by looking in the mirror and saying, you know what? I'm going to own it. Everything that happens to me, I'm going to own it. Lock, stock, and smoke and barrel. That's hard. And not everybody's willing to do that. And if you're not willing to do that, that's okay. That's your choice. It is a coach. It saddens me, which is why this pilot program of these HR directors, and this isn't, this isn't a, a this isn't a sales pitch. No, just, this isn't a pitch the about that. that. Yeah. The well, but it's a reason. It we it's a reason why I am so driven to do this because we need these safe places where we can shell it down. Lisa and I, when I started with her and every other client that I've ever had, that's the deal. The deal is the safety. Yeah. The safety to just be able to can can we go on this journey with somebody who's got our best interest at heart? And who's not going to use any of this stuff against me. And it's never going to leave the room. And how powerful is that? And some years ago, when I saw professional people get in a room together who were peers, it's just, it's magic. It's That's absolute right. magic of what can happen when we're safe. So you don't have to be in some formal thing, but you absolutely need people with whom you're safe. You That's need right. to feel safe. And you need to try to seek validation in, in areas where, well, for lack of a better word, where it's valid. And a Facebook like or a LinkedIn share, as great as these things are, they, they're not going to be the, if that's where you're getting your validation, you really need to get yourself into the corner and you really need to look deep and hard because that's where the growth is going to happen. Otherwise you're just gaming the system. The reason the internet calls it what it, what they call it is because it tells you just how worthless that stuff is. And here's the internet's word for it or phrase for it. Vanity metrics. These are measurements of vanity. Facebook likes shares, LinkedIn likes and shares and all Hearts. the, yeah. yeah. It's vanity metrics. I'm not calling that the, 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 the technologists are calling it. These are vanity metrics. So at the heart of it, you got to come to understand if you're driven by that, then you're driven by vanity. I don't know anybody that wants to raise their hand and go, yeah, I'm completely driven. Okay. If you're a car, and how, you know, my question is Randy, how does it help you? What do you gain from a like? And what does it matter? You know, what does it matter? The th two things that stand out to me when you talk about painting yourself into the corner is one, the benefits of that. One, the mirror is in facing. The mirror is facing your face. It's in facing to the corner. The If, if you are not willing to look at yourself and improve yourself, so many people turn that mirror around and it's out facing. To the crowd. I want, I don't have to look at myself. I need to see what the crowd is telling me, right? To get my gratification and, and growth. And I want to be like that. I want to, I want to respond to what they feel. That would be perfectly valid if that worked. The problem is that doesn't work. It doesn't it work. It fools us into thinking that it's working. That's right. And so, um, 
to me that the, what's critical there is as you look at yourself, you be careful of trying to be someone in the crowd. You know, I remember once a team member said to me that they, when they're trying to figure out a problem, they said it's WW. WWLD. What would Lisa do? Yeah. And I said, okay, great premise, but don't do that. You can think about it, apply what I may have taught, but what would you do? Because your way might be even better than mine. And I don't want you focusing on becoming a Lisa. I want you to focus on becoming you and becoming a better you and the best you you can be for the team. That's what I want you focused on. So I appreciated the premise, sure. right? That they're that they're thoughtful and thinking of it. But I don't want them to become a mini Lisa because they may have much better ways of doing business, much more talent, much more wisdom as they have learned through this new generation than I had because my methods might have been dated. And they've got new ways and new, they see new things that maybe I haven't seen. So, so much of it, I would enc encourage, uh, the other word I'd encourage them to think about is you. When you talk about you paint yourself into the corner, right? Paint mm -hmm. yourself there. And the key word here is you, focus on you. And if there are, I call them distractions. If there are distractions, do you need 400 followers? Connect with those that grow you, not destroy you. That's what should matter overall. You know, get rid of the, get rid of the riffraff that you don't know that you just click because they wanted, they clicked a like, or they wanted to follow you, or they want to friend you. If you don't know them, what benefit does it have to you? Because they're not invested in you. They're invested in what you publish and what you print and what you show. And how many of us look on Facebook and say, oh yeah, I saw a post where she was crying, had no makeup on and was sitting in a corner with her hands, head in her hands. It doesn't have, I mean, it does occasionally. And I, I'm proud of those that are brave enough to give a moment to others that life is not easy but you don't hardly ever see those. No, no. Well, focus on you and what you're in control of and become the best version of you that you can be. I think, it's, grow, yeah, I think yourself. it's a lot. I think it's a lot like telling the truth. Uh, if you just make up your mind that you're going to tell the truth, it's easy. I'm not saying telling the truth is easy, but once you've made up your mind that you're just not going to lie, it's not that hard. It's not that hard, but once you decide that you're going to start lying, it, it can be, I would suspect it could be daunting to just try to keep up with it all. Right. And so when Lisa's encouraging a coworker to be themselves, it's kind of like making a decision. Are you going to lie? Or are you going to tell the truth? It's just so much easier to tell the truth. I, I call it a default behavior. We all have our default behavior. Lisa has got default behaviors and I have default behaviors and everybody listening to us does. They're just things that we're naturally going to do. Those are probably going to show themselves mostly when we're under pressure, we are going to revert to who we really are. Now we can put on pretenses all day long and we can try to fake it till we make it and we can do all of that stuff and you can, but at some point you, you're probably going to falter.
because it's just not you. It's not who you are. And I can't imagine trying to live a life that way. It's just, it seems, it feels to me like it would just be exhausting. Now I'm an old guy, so I just don't care. There's that. I do care, but I don't care. I care more about having a positive influence. I don't care about the critical judgment of people because I have found that those people that are filled with critical judgment, it doesn't matter what I do. They're still going to be critical. That's right. And if I had their approval, again, my question that helps me, how, if I don't have their approval, that hurts me, how, so if you think of it in terms of pluses and minuses, if you think of it in terms of, okay, what do I have to gain? What do I have to risk? What do I have to gain by a whole bunch of likes popularity? I got a newsflash for you. Cause I know a bunch of people. I know some people that have just incredible YouTube followings. And I know some people who make their money being influencers and you think it's just the lap of luxury and it's, and there are some people, but it's that top, it's that top 1% that are absolutely killing it and hitting a home run. And there are many other people who look like, like a success. I, I, I had a close friend and they were on the speaking circuit. And somebody who had a book and somebody who I knew the name, they were, they were on the circuit that much. And we were having this conversation and the person said, you know, I had a visit with them after the fact. And would it surprise you to know that financially he's really struggling? And I said, no, wouldn't surprise me at all. Frontward facing does some keynote speaking, sell some books at the back of the room. Looks like a huge success, struggling, struggling. All that glitters is not gold. And besides that, what if you had the gold, it might not be gold that you really enjoyed. I heard somebody say the other day, and I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty profound. And I, I kind of hope it comes true that we may be headed to a place where there are more people on the planet making $61,000 a year but they love what they're doing. They just love what they're doing as opposed to the people that might be making gobs and gobs of money, but are completely broken and totally miserable. And so where we look for validation, whether it's a paycheck, whether it's a position, whether it's likes on Facebook or LinkedIn or shares or whatever, those are that really for me is this conversation. And maybe we haven't approached it as clearly as we, as we could have, but where are you getting validation? What is it that's making you feel better about yourself? What is it that's making you feel like you're progressing and you're growing? Is it likes on Facebook? Could be, is it money? Is it a paycheck? Is it a promotion? It could be, I would challenge you to think of a bigger game. Think of a bigger game and think of a bigger of some bigger lessons that you can learn if you're willing to go into the corner. And again, and think of think of what you're willing, what you can change to improve it. So many people forget you truly are in charge of you. And but I don't want to be. Diff- yeah, I don't yes. want to be in charge of me. I want to. I want to be able to blame somebody else, and that's the problem. In too well, many cases. Yeah, so much of it is we we sometimes can overload ourselves 
And then you have to look back and go, well, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. Okay. Do you have to be doing that right now? Is there anything that you can change? And I know many people say, well, but I want to, and I need to, and I need to get, and if you're unwilling to change and you're miserable, you're going to continue being miserable. It's not just going to all of a sudden become wonderful. So you've got to take a hard look, like you said, Randy, at the, in the corner. And do you need to be placing that kind of challenge, burden, commitment, whatever it is in your life? Or can you slow down and do it different? And it might take you longer or do it different. And maybe I pick back up on, uh, you know, I don't know what it is. Once you have kids, you have kids. You can't un you can't right. undo a kid, right? <laughs> so you're in that life. But maybe are you? I don't know what it is. Are you? You know, trying to get a new house, and and you're stressed because of the financials. Well, maybe don't get a house right now, right? Maybe yep. don't. In our careers, I want that promotion. Do you need that promotion right now, or can you continue growing where you're at and getting better? Well, and why do you, and why do you need it? And what, what's hinging on it? You know, what are, what's the upside and the downside? And, and neither of us are saying, by the way, that there aren't inequities. That's right. Neither of us are saying that life is fair. Life is anything but fair. It's just not, but build a bridge and get over it. And And people say, yeah, well, easy for you to say you're an old white guy. I am an old white guy, but that doesn't mean that I'm not cognizant of the realities of, of other people. Or that and you've I, had hurdles in your life. That well, we all, we all about. have, and it doesn't matter, but it's easy for us to think, well, but you're not me and me. I've had these challenges that you haven't had. And I would counter that with, well, and I've probably had challenges that you haven't had. So what are we going to, are we going to duke it out to the death over who's been challenged the most? And how does that help us? It doesn't right. help us. What helps us is understand there is this human condition and we're all victims of it to the degree that bad things happen to us. Right. Doesn't matter. You know, I, I have talked before about a young man who's in Nashville, who's playing music and he's 10 years old and his father got killed by a drunk driver. What, what most people haven't heard of that story. And I haven't told this part is he is, his grandparents were in a, another car coming at the same intersection and a drunk driver hit their car, ran it into his father. He lost grandmother, grandfather, and dad all in one fell swoop at the age of 10. He's a white kid from Tennessee. Okay. Well, tell him bad things don't happen. Tell him he doesn't understand. My point isn't so much the badness that happens to us because it's just the reality is okay. Now what, what are we going to do with that? We can sit here and we can blame the world and we can blame race. We can blame religion. We can blame anything we want to, or we can hustle our way to the corner and figure out, you know what, this is my reality and I need to deal with this. I need to make the best decisions I can make right now. The reason for the name of the podcast grow great is because that's what we're encouraging everybody to do. And that greatness isn't defined by me or Lisa. It's defined by whatever your capacity is. That's for you to decide. We just want you to grow as great as you can. And we really want to spread optimism and positivity for people to go to approach every day with the belief, you know, I can make today better. 
even if it's incrementally better, it's still better. Some days you're going to take a step back, but if we get up every morning determine that we're going to take a step forward, by and large, my belief is we will take a step forward. In some cases, we'll take three steps forward when that wasn't even the plan. Because right. I'm still amazed by the number of leaders that I sit across, and that's 100% of them, and I ask the question, how would you describe your achievement of those things that you've set out to achieve? 100% of the people that I've asked that, and I've asked everybody, they look at me and they say uh, pretty much everything. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So now the challenge for me as a coach is, okay, well, I mean, maybe you set your sights higher. I'm not saying you've set them low, but isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing that what we as human beings, we set out to do, we've got finite capacity. There aren't things that we can do. I'm not preaching that, but it is rather amazing to me that we set these goals and these objectives and we have this purpose and we're, we're chasing something that we feel is worth chasing. It's amazing how often we catch it. Yep. Agreed. That's my point. We are, we, we each are in charge of ourselves and you can improve it. You can continue the misery or you can slowly get out of it, but it is up to us and how we approach it. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.